I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. You are very chipper this morning. How many cups of coffee have you had? I've only had two, which is the normal (laughs) ratio of hydration sequence. I'm doing great. I'm excited because we have three episodes we're recording today back to back to back. And we're right in the middle of that in the studio this morning. And I'm really excited about our guests. So she's like the cream filling of the recording studio today. So we have a wonderful guest joining us. You may have heard of her, you may not have heard of her, but Josiah, I would love for you to introduce who is our special guest today. I'll welcome her. And then I'll introduce her. Jody Burnt is on the other side of the Zoom today. And we just want to say, how are you? Hey, so great to talk to you. This is just such a treat, and I love that you've had your coffee. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't see how big the cups were. That's the trick, huh? (laughs) Right, right. Not at all, not at all. So Jody Burnt is an author, speaker, and Bible teacher. She's a wife and mom to four adult children and two sons-in-law. Some of her passions are good books, good worship, good friends, and good beach days. Can I get an amen? Yeah, no doubt. Yes, an amen. I'm, I'm talking to you from Virginia Beach, and we love our beach days here. <laughs> it's amazing. And Jody, um, we're holding actually a copy of the 20th anniversary edition of your praying um, the scriptures for your children that was sent to us as a gift. And I just have to say, like, our podcast for the listener is all about reaching the next generation of young adults in our world today. And I just stumbled across this book as a gift. And when I found it, I was like, this is amazing. And then you said yes to the invitation and join us. And we're just really excited about this book that has been out for 20 years, but now there's a new gift edition that is just so awesome. And we've begun reading it as a family and just as new parents. And so excited to talk to you. But Jody, can you just dive in before we ask you much else? Can you just share some of your story and journey of life, faith, and um, writing with us this morning? Sure, happy to. But before I do that, I just want to say I loved what you just said about your podcast and about your listeners. And what came to my mind as you were speaking was that verse in Psalm 78. I don't, I won't quote it exactly, I'm sure, but it says that we will tell the next generation, the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, the wonders he's done. And I just love that you are doing that. Obviously, somebody has poured that into you all, and you are now pouring it into your listeners who are pouring it into the people in their spheres of influence. And so I just, I just love that. So let's see, you asked about my life. Well, um, I accepted Christ, became a Christian when I was eight years old. My father uh, was a, a, a businessman in New York City and kind of a pillar of the church kind of guy, just a great citizen and a good man. And he came home one day and said, guess what? You know, I found out that it's not about just being a good person and, and contributing to your community and being a good dad and all that. He said, you know, we're sinners and we need a savior. And even as an eight-year-old, that made sense to me, the whole idea that, yes, I knew I was a sinner um, and that I needed God's grace. And so I accepted Christ then along with my father and our whole family, which was neat. And so grew up in a Christian home, 
um, you know, two steps forward, one step back, as so many of our faith journeys are. But um, I went off to college at the University of Virginia, met and then married my husband, Robbie, and we've been married now for 35 years. We've got four children, all grown, um, two are married, two are engaged to be married. And as of about a week or 10 days ago on Thanksgiving, we became grandparents. So our, our eldest daughter, <laughs> isn't that so fun? So, um, yes, and we have a baby girl granddaughter named Noah. And as our daughter and her husband told us, did you know there was a girl in the Bible named Noah as well as a boy? And I hadn't known that. I only knew Noah and the ark, but there's another one who is a girl. And um, we just are so excited to welcome this new one to our lives. So um, that, that's, uh, that's my personal life. Um, Parent or author-wise, I never set out to become an author, but as so often happens, and I'm sure your listeners can relate to this, uh, God's plans don't always look a lot like ours. And when he began opening the doors for me to write and um, begin to share him that way with people, I've always had a heart for sharing his love. And when he began to open the publishing doors, I think it's Colossians 3.23 that says, whatever your hand finds to do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. And I was like, well, this is the lane I'm in now. I'm going to, I'm going to work at this. And it's been a, a delight to be able to do that. So there you go. You're so fun. Well, congratulations on your first little grandbaby. That is so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So we are, we are brand new parents and many of our listeners are brand new parents or desiring to be parents. Totally. And we know that your book is based on praying for your children and praying scriptures over them even more specifically. But for the listener who has um, either have become parents during COVID and quarantine, or maybe they're pregnant and expecting, or maybe they have children at the house that are 10, 15 years old, and they've never prayed scripture over their children. What would you tell them about the joy of parenting to begin with? Wow. Well, yes, huge joy, as I know you all have experienced. Um, challenges in there too. People always say parenting improves your prayer life, and that is definitely true. I think I, I think it was the U.S. Senate chaplain, a fellow named Barry Black, a few years back, who said that you know he thought he had about forty-five minutes worth of prayer material until he had kids or until he had teenagers, and he was like, and then I've got you know stuff to fill the whole day. So it is true, parenting does hone your prayer life, and it really is a joy to know our heavenly Father and the way He pours into us and the way that we can then. Um, share that love with our own children. Um, so congrats to your listeners who are on that journey already. And um, for those who are not yet, and I will just say for my children who are not yet parents, I know there can sometimes be a little bit of a trepidation of thinking, wait a minute, we kind of like our lives. We have a lot of freedom, a lot of flexibility. I know before our granddaughter was born, my daughter thought, her world might be coming to an end a little bit. You know, she was excited about having a baby, but she also thought her freedoms and everything would, would kind of disappear. And I kept reassuring her saying, oh, no, no, it gets better. I promise you give up a little in terms of schedule and freedom and flexibility, but boy, the reward is more than worth it. The best is yet to come. So be encouraged, young parents. That is so encouraging, Jody. And you know, there's roles that God gives parents and he's called our heavenly father. And I think Micah's pastors from North Dakota from when she lived there were named Doug and Vicki Graham. And Vicki Graham, I remember when she found out we were having a daughter, 
um, or when she found out Aurora was born, one of the things that she said and she prayed was that Aurora would, um, she just said like, I pray that Aurora would, you know, come to know Jesus as her savior at a very young age. And I just think of like, parenting is such a gift. It's such a responsibility. There's a weight, there's a joy, it's a privilege, it's wonderful. And, but I would just ask you this, Jody, what if you found to be the role of parents, maybe biblically, scripturally, or like, why does God give us parents? Oh, that is so, that's a great question. And one, honestly, that nobody's ever asked me. Um, but I, like we said earlier, you know, God as our heavenly father, he's the perfect parent. You know, none of us are going to be the perfect parent, but I think he models for us what our role is and what things can look like in our lives. And if you look at what God does with us, loving us, pursuing us, challenging us, stretching us, disciplining us, you know, protecting us, providing for us, all of those things. And we, as we reflect him, you know, being made in his image, I think are called to do that for our children as well. Now, will we do it as God does it? No, we are not the Lord. We are not sovereign. We are not perfect. But I love that he gives us in showing us his father heart and his father love. He gives us that template to follow. And as we read scripture, um, one of my favorite father heart uh, passages is Hosea 11, where God says, you know, I, 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 I raised you. I bent down to feed you. I taught you to walk. I carried you. You really see that, that love he has for his precious child Israel and for us. And then the chapter goes on to say, you know, but we walked away. We rebelled. We, and as any parent who's had a two-year-old or a teenager knows that, you know, our hearts walk away. We're not always striving to be with Jesus, with the Lord and follow him wholeheartedly. And God says, if you read that chapter, he says, you know, his anger's aroused. He, he, he's not happy about that. But then what's even greater is that his compassion and his mercies are aroused and he just can't stop loving his kids and stop, can't stop calling us home. And so I think, boy, I love that he lets us into the emotion of his heart as parents, knowing, yeah, you know, his children can grieve him and yet nothing changes his love for us. And as parents, we need to remember that too, that our kids might frustrate us. They might grieve us. They might make us mad. They might confuse us. And yet at the end of the day, um, we can love them and bless them and call them home again and again and again um, and, and pray for them, really. I think, I think that is such a great joy that, that we as parents have. And I look forward to talking to you about that today. That's so fun. One thing that I learned from a pastor, she was our prayer pastor, um, Pastor Lorelai is her name. And she had said this, she said, if you want to learn how to be selfless, get married. If you want to learn how to be more Christ-like, have children. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm going to have to write that down because that is so true, isn't it? We think we're getting married because someone's going to make us happy and complete us. And we go, oh, no, you know, here we are, two selfish people trying to forge a life together. And it's all about teaching us how to, uh, as Philippians 2 says, you know, look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, putting them ahead of you. And that's the secret to a good marriage. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. So I took that very, I put that near and dear to my heart, recognizing kind of counting the cost, probably like your daughter was coming to that halt of like, we're, we're expecting him. It's super exciting, but it's super scary at the same time. Like, do we have children to bring him into this world? Do we like all of the frantic questions happen, but it, there's an excitement with that. 
And one sure. thing that we know is we can choose our friends, we can choose the car we drive, we can choose all these different things um, in the world, but we cannot choose our parents and we cannot choose our children necessarily. So I just keeping that in mind that sometimes we're born into situations, we're born into circumstances, we're born into just thick a hand of cards that may not be a fair deal. We feel like they're not dealt to us properly as we grow up and we reflect it. Just all those different things. Sometimes you wonder as a child, why are my parents the way they are? Or why was I born into this family and not that family? But to know that God has chosen all of that yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah. that and truly embrace that. So I would just ask you, um, Jody, what would you um, say to the parent who's a new parent? Um, what best advice do you have for those individuals listening today? Well, I love what you just said about knowing that God has chosen it. He has woven it together and knowing that there is someone smarter than you and wiser than you and who is sovereign and powerful and he has woven this together. For me, that's a huge um, weight off my shoulders when I think, am I doing this right? You know, or, or is this how it's meant to be to just say, Hey, the God of the universe put you as the mom or the dad for this little one. So yes, it's right. Don't worry about getting it wrong. But you know, my best advice would be that uh, don't worry about getting it all right because you won't, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Um, you're going to feel weak. You're going to feel ill-equipped, but in all of those things, God is going to show himself powerful and he's going to show that he's sovereign. Um, I love that second Corinthians 12, nine, where it says his power is made perfect in our weakness. His grace is sufficient. And I think, boy, parenting shows you your weakness as nothing else in life can do. You don't always know all the answers. You don't have the physical or emotional strength. You don't have the spiritual strength. You don't, all of that. And yet you can lean into the Lord who says, that's okay. I didn't design it for you to be the one. Hey, if you were perfect, your kids would be tempted to worship you. Let's let them look past you and look at me because I'm the one that's worthy of the worship and the praise. So young parents, don't worry about getting it all right. Um, that's not your job. God is the one who gets it all right. You just depend on him. Jody, that's so fantastic. And I found it personally encouraging for the season that we're in right now. I would tell Micah, and she saw this for over three years while we were first married, I never spilled anything. Like I never spilled a glass of water, a coffee. <laughs> I never dropped dishes on the ground. I didn't drop food. And now I've stained our couch. I've like... <laughs> I've just become a little bit more clumsy in my new development as a young parent. And I do find that encouraging. Uh, and I think our listener will as well to just know that, you know what, you don't have to get it all right. Like God, God gives us grace. And sometimes we need to give ourselves grace. And I've heard oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Each other grace. And um, one of the things that I remember growing up in the church that I was raised in, my, my parents brought us to church our family, myself and my two sisters. And I went to Sunday school for the first time when I was in second grade. Dennis and Linda Blair were my Sunday school teachers. Mm -hmm. Dennis checked us in, handed me a folder, and he said, next week, memorize Ephesians 4.32. So I came oh. in and I brought my orange, orange folder and he had a, a jar full of Laffy Taffy. And, he, and then I just said, hey, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ Jesus forgave us. 
and he handed me two Laffy Taffy. I said, I'll see you. And you know, that's the way I learned things for a Hershey bar. I'm telling you, God well, can work through candy. <laughs> and, and what I was going to say is Linda, she, um, she said, Hey, Josiah, if you memorize all 66 books of the Bible in order, I will give you a king size candy bar of your choice. That is exactly why I did the 66, because I got the king size Hershey bar. I love Let's, that. New parents, keep that in the back pocket. <laughs> and fun fact, Dennis and Linda Blair just dropped off our Christmas caramels because we live in the same city as they do. But I just look at the role that maybe a Sunday school teacher, maybe a mm. parent or grandparent or pastor or kids pastor has and the massive opportunity that we have to um, not only raise children, number one, but number two, teach the power of prayer. Right. And then number three, uh, share the strength of scripture. And you've woven all of these concepts into an amazing book, the 20th anniversary edition of praying the scriptures over your children. And can you just share, Jody, about the massive opportunity that we as parents have with praying the scriptures for our children? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, well, you know, I I had always been um, a praying parent. You know, if, if the child, my child, had a fever or a spelling test or anything like that, I'd been having been raised in a Christian home. I, I would pray with them before bed or before meals or as they went out the door in the morning, that kind of thing. Um, and I'd also always been someone who read scripture. But somewhere along the way, in my early parenting years, those two sort of merged, and I began to see the Bible not just as something to be read, but as something to be prayed and responded to. You know, God starts a conversation with us through his word and we respond to him with those prayers. And over and over again, we see in scripture, um, you know, John 15, verse seven and eight, Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And he says, that's not just a name it, claim it, guarantee. He says, goes on in verse eight, he says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so when we pray, when we tap into any kind of prayer, but I really love the idea of praying the scriptures, using God's actual words to animate and shape our thoughts and our perspective, and then our desires and our prayers, we are really taking Christ up on that invitation to bear fruit, to partner with God hand in hand. You know, we all have goals and desires and dreams for our children, our marriages, or for, for uh, pastors who are listening, young adult leaders, for the people that are in your, in your realm, in your sphere of influence. But the thing is, God does too. God has these, these dreams, these desires, these plans. We see that over and over in scripture. You know, I know the plans I have for you. And when we pray, we get to partner with God in accomplishing these things. You know, he could have just handed out, handed out blessings right and left to people. He could say, okay, I'm going to make this one wise. I'm going to heal this one there. I'm going to give that one a good friend. And sometimes he does that without us even asking. But over and over and over again in scripture, he commands us to pray. He wants us to ask so that he can provide. And I think it's because he wants to be in relationship with us. He doesn't just want to be you know, the Santa Claus up there in the sky, just handing things out. He wants that partnership, that relationship, that sense that we are, we know he is our source, that we're acknowledging him as the provider rather than thinking that we've done it all or that we have no part to play because we really do. That's so good. I think the word that I really want to hone in on next is the word purpose. Mm 
because we mm. know that our relationship with the Lord has purpose. We know that our parenting techniques and our prayers have purpose. But I think the question that many young adults are asking, and our children are probably going to be asking the same question is, what's my purpose in life? What's my purpose in this family? What's my purpose in this school? What's my purpose? You know, we're always seeking the word purpose. Why do I matter? Why does scripture matter? Why does my relationship with God matter at the end of the day? And so just to go off, not only does your title say pray in the scripture for your children, it's to discover how to pray God's purpose for their lives and how much fruit can come from that. And Jody, I know this is an off script question, but I would just ask you as a parent, what fruit have you seen through your children or through the stories of people who maybe you've done this and read this book and read scripture over their own family members and their own children growing up? Do you have any amazing stories or anything that you want to share of God's provision and God's breakthrough over your personal family or maybe people who've reached out to you about this? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of meat in that question you just asked. Thank you for that. Um, I love the idea of purpose. And I think all of us long to live lives that are marked by purpose, the lives that matter, where we can see that we've made a difference. And I think that's what God wants for us too. You know, and that's why he says, abide in me, remain in me, dwell with me, how whatever translation you use and i'm again thinking of that john 15 because he wants us to be fruit bearers he he doesn't want us to sit on the sidelines of life but he wants us to get on the playing field and and live out his kingdom here on earth so yeah um and and we do see where our prayers open the door like i love uh, watchman nee was a chinese christian who had you may have heard of him. He was tortured, imprisoned for his faith. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my favorite um, lines of his, quotes of his, and again, I may get it a little word or two wrong, but he said that when we pray, we lay down the tracks so that the locomotive of God's power can come through. Wow. And so often as parents or pastors, we think it's our job to do the providing, to fulfill the purpose, to set the agenda. And all of those things are good. Um, but really, God says, um, no, it's me. I'm the one who has the power. I'm the one who does the providing. You go ahead. You lay down the tracks through your prayers and then let me come through. And we see that, you know, the book, as you know, because you have it, is filled with stories of parents, whether it's something like their child uh, didn't have self-control, discipline, diligence. And I mean, that's us. I'll tell you, I've, I had kids that of my own children that really needed the Lord to work that character trait in them, mm -hmm. or whether it's somebody who needs a friend, um, someone who's got a, a need for a, a stronger relationship with their teachers, salvation, a love for God's word, how they live out their giftedness. All of those things are areas that are on our hearts. And I bet you right now, if you could just tap into every one of your listeners and say, what would you like God to do for your family? Or what would you like God to do for your church group? Um, every one of us would have something that bubbled to the top of our, of our minds. Sure. Um, and what's so cool is that scripture addresses every one of those needs. There's not going to be something that we ever could think of in our family lives or in our ministries and our careers that God hasn't already thought of and provided for in his word. So the more we tap into that and dig into that, the more we will see those prayer opportunities. Um, and, and open the door, lay down the tracks for God's answers. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. I want to see the locomotive of God's power in my Yeah, life. isn't that a great image? And it's so freeing to us to know that it doesn't have to be our power or our strength or our wisdom or our provision. But what we just do is open the door through our prayers and then God does it. That is phenomenal. We, we've been here this morning praying, Jody, for revival in the next generation and just believing that, um, you know, Aurora could see a move of God in her lifetime and things like that. And my next question, if, if you're okay with it, is also off script. And I'm thinking about brain development right now. I'm just thinking about how Aurora is this sponge. She just watches oh, okay. and she just soaks things up. And um, when I was younger, I think I was a sponge as well. And kids like they say that if you want to teach a second language, like do it before the second grade. And they say things like, um, like even I have a friend who's a grown adult, he's 30 years old and he was convicted the other day, not because of the music that he listened to, but by how many of the song lyrics that he knew from the nineties and how little scripture he had memorized. Mm-hmm. And so like, I can relate with that. And I'm just curious Have you, like, what do you know about brain development or just the opportunity of teaching scripture or teaching prayer in this season of life where children are so young, they're so formable and they're so moldable. And like Jesus said, like, let the children come to me. And he clearly prioritizes the next generation. Like any thoughts on that about like, I I love that. I I love where your mind is going and I will just put it right out there that I know nothing about brain development. I was an English major um, and I'm not even sure I have a full brain, but, um, but it's a great question. And you know, the stuff that I've read in my research for these books, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with that. Just a couple ideas. One is that, Um, we have these neural pathways in our brain and that the first time we go down a path, it might be like a cow going through a cornfield and you can't even tell it's gone through. But the more we travel that path, the more it is trampled and the more familiar the way becomes. And I think that's true in our relationship with God. It might feel awkward or unfamiliar at first. Maybe we don't really know how to read scripture, how to pray, But as we go through that cornfield the first time and then the second time and then the third time, that path becomes so worn and so familiar um, that we can so easily then just come before God's throne of grace because we know the way. So I would just say, um, whether it's our children or ourselves, to just encourage taking those steps even to an unfamiliar path because the more we navigate it, the more familiar it will become. And of course, we know that's true for negative things as well, right? The, you know, a sin can seem like nothing at first, but the more comfortable we get and the easier it is, the more we know that path. And so that can go that way as well. So I'd pray protection over our children for that. Um, But then I had another thought, which has probably left my mind. If it comes back, I will tell you, but it's interesting. We're talking about brain development because um, whatever it was just left my brain. Oh, I know what it was. Now here it's back. Is that um, I've also read studies that show that the more you know about something, the more you love it. There's a fellow at at Yale University who does pleasure research because he wants to know, okay, how do we grow to love things? And the more, and he uses the example of wine. Like the more, you know, about a fine wine, the more you, you savor it, the more you love it, the more you want to share it with people because of your, not just how it tastes, but because you're so aware of the different complexities and your knowledge of it increases your appreciation of it. And I think it's that way with scripture, that the more we know it, 
the more we love it. Like I love your Ephesians uh, 4.32. You learned that one and you got a Laffy Taffy and that's great. But you probably loved the Laffy Taffy and you probably loved remembering that charge from the Lord to be kind and compassionate yeah. and quick yeah. to forgive. Um, so the more we, we can build those things in our minds and see how useful scripture is in our daily lives and in our prayers and in our parenting, um, the more we will love it. And that whets our appetite because of how our brains are wired to want to know and love more. That's so good. Phenomenal. Thanks for going off script. That was phenomenal. <laughs> My whole life is off script. Listen. <laughs> we're, we're prepared for everything and anything. Oh my gosh. Well, what a great thing to think about for our listeners today and for ourselves to be challenged to really dig deep in what is God asking us to lean into? What is he wanting to rewire in our brains and in our hearts, mm. in our personal relationship with him? Are we, you know, are we going to the throne room and is that path worn? Are mm. our knees worn? Is that place at the end of our bed where we kneel before the Lord each and yeah. every single day? Like, what does our prayer closet look okay. like? What is my prayer chair? Is it, can you see my butt imprint when I leave like are there tears staying on the floor like I think there's so many things that we can lean into when it comes to prayer and God is just wanting to expose his heart his purpose his design for himself in our lives to be um, to have a wet appetite to be satisfied in him but once you realize that you're you have a craving that craving just seems to grow as time goes on and just that desire to learn scripture to learn like that gentleman was doing probably the moment you decide that you want to be a wine connoisseur, you are then traveling, you're tasting, you're sharing, you're explaining the fermentation process. And if we can do that with a, a project or something that we're working on in life, how much more is God asking us to do that in scripture, to really yeah. lean into the words on the pages and to start praying and to start declaring those victories over our, maybe it's a sin that we're wrestling and dealing with. Maybe it is the discovery of self-purpose. Maybe it is this discovering what it means to be a leader and to be, you know, aware that people are looking, they're watching, they're judging. They are, you know, your life is on a display in some areas, not an idol, but I mean, you're exposed in different ways as a leader and to be alone in that prayer closet to, to really have God know your heart and to discover you know, all those things that God has for you. And we want to lean into more of who you are, Jody, because we've come to one of our favorite parts of our episodes. We love this part of the so episode. So this is five <laughs> in five. So five questions in five minutes. They're going to be kind of rapid fire. It's so Ooh, fun. Yes. So you can stretch, you can warm up. Your brain is fully developed. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, but are you ready for the challenge? Yes, I love it. And I also just have to say, I love what you just said. That whole little narrative you just went on was so good. And I, I just hope people will hit rewind and just listen to your comments, Micah, just now of, of everything you said leading up to this. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. You're, you're downloading a lot of wisdom and knowledge to our leaders today. But here's a fun question for you, Jody. If you, okay. could describe, if you could describe your soul in three words in the season that you are in, what three words would they be? Okay, that's a great question and one that would be very fun for families at a dinner table, I think, because anyone can answer it. Um, and maybe I would say uh, striving, which I know is a negative and one that the Lord doesn't want us to do, but uh, here we are in the Advent Christmas season and so eager to experience the peace of Christ and just the fullness of our Savior and yet there's, you know, gifts to buy and boxes to wrap and places to be. And so there is a striving in my soul right now. But at the same time, that is um, partnered maybe with 
I don't know, content is too too good of a word. I'm not quite to content, but there is a contentedness there that comes from just what we were talking about earlier, dropping the balls right and left, spilling on the sofa, as you say, Josiah, and yet knowing that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So when you know the Christmas plan doesn't go the way it, it when I come downstairs and find that our puppy has eaten one of the ornaments, you know, that could activate my striving and my stress, but knowing that the Lord is in it also gives content. Um, and then the third world, I think would have to be grateful just for the birth of our new granddaughter. I just am overwhelmed with gratitude to the Lord for that. Amen. Yeah, we can relate with gratitude completely. And next question is similar because you're an author. We like to talk about words. In an English major. Yes, true. Great point. Yeah. Great yeah. So I mean, words carry weight. And are there any words that maybe you live by, Jody? Like it could be a verse, it could be something from scripture, mm. it could be a quote, but are there any words that you like hold dearly and live by? Well, apart from scripture, and every week I have a different favorite verse. So um, I would say uh, maybe my tagline on the website, which is not there anymore, but when I was very first starting out to um, be kind of an online presence, somebody said, you have to have a tagline. And I didn't even know what that was, but I gave some thought to it and came up with the phrase, uh, I'll probably get it wrong myself, but pursuing joy, celebrating grace and living on purpose. And for me, that those words kind of came from the idea that joy, I think, is the most attractive quality any person can have. And yet, for me, it's something that I don't always have. So it's more of a life pursuit. Um, I want it to be a life constant. And, you know, the closer I draw to Jesus, maybe the closer it gets. But it's for me, it's still the pursuit of joy. Love that. Celebrating grace. Um, I love God's grace in all its forms. And I love the grace that saves us, but I also love the grace that is manifested when we maybe return a blessing for an insult, for example. The more, the more we can allow God's ideas to shape our responses and our thoughts, that, that kind of grace lived out day to day. I want to celebrate. And then living on purpose, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, of just taking Christ up on his invitation to abide in him and to bear much fruit and to live a life that matters, not because we're so great, but because he's so great and we are just becoming a trophy case for his splendor. That's so good. Wow. Great answer. All right. Uh. <laughs> question number three, we're almost halfway there-ish. If you could ask us one question, what would you ask us today? This is the curveball of the day. Keeps us on our Okay, well, it's going to be probably an easy one for you, but one that I'm curious about. Tell me about Aurora's name. How did you pick it and what does it mean? Oh, man. So we were just praying. We did not know if we were having a son or a daughter, so we wanted to be surprised. So we had a boy's name and we had a girl's name, and we just kept praying into the girl's name. And I was looking through scripture, and I'm like, I love a beautiful sunrise. And when I think of a sunrise, I think of our vacation that we took a 4th of July in 2018. Mm -hmm. And we were at Miami Beach and we woke up at four in the morning to watch the sunrise with the waves. And it was just the most beautiful sight that I've ever seen. And um, so I started looking through scripture. And I was like, Lord, like, what, is, what, is, what does it mean to have like a dawn of a new sunrise? So Aurora actually means dawn of a new day. Oh, I so, love that. Yep. So it's actually found in Psalms. I'm going to get the verse wrong. I can't remember which one it is, mm -hmm. but it talks about like the dawn of a new day. And every morning she's the most, 
she's up at 4 a.m. So she is the morning person. So we sing a song every morning, inviting the Lord into our day. And her middle name's Ray, which is after me. And then three of her great grandpas had the name Raymond. So she's named after her three great grandpas. And then my middle name is Ray as well. So. And there was about like a million reasons, Jody, like Aurora does mean dawn of the new day. The season of life into which she was born in right in the beginning of COVID and quarantine and the pandemic, mm. we felt like it was a really like dark time, even in the, mm. city, or the city that we live in. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, George Floyd and there was riots, yeah. just so yeah. much darkness. And another meaning of Aurora is out of the darkness, a bright light will shine. Oh, I and, love that. Right. And I think of like, also like, Isaiah talks about those who are walking in darkness will see a great light. And then Aurora Borealis is yep. the Northern Lights. Which we love. And then the final reason that I'll share is the Roaring Twenties. Like mm -hmm. there was this decade a hundred years ago mm -hmm. where there was the Roaring Twenties and we went to Passion 2020. We heard Louis Giglio share about the idea of Rory, the Roaring Twenties. And then Levi Lusco shared a message about um, sinking sand and building either on sinking sand or the rock. Mm -hmm. And he talked, he went to the dust bowls in the, in the teens of like the 1900s and how then in the roaring twenties, they planted trees and just, yeah. just powerful. So we love her name mm -hmm. and we think that words matter, that names can be prophetic yes. and mean yeah. something. So Wow. Wow. I love that. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful legacy you've already given her just with that name. Beautiful. Um, Thanks for asking. That's fun for us to talk about. And um, one question that we like to ask is, um, I'm going to go out of order. I'm going to do the fifth one because I have something to say about Ooh, it. Okay. Andy Stanley um, said a quote and he says, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. And Jody, when I heard that quote, that's why we brought you onto the podcast today. That's why we're passionate about your book is like, yes, we're investing in young leaders, in young learners, in young listeners who are passionate about reaching the next generation, but their greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something they do or an achievement or an accomplishment. It might be somebody that they raise up mm -hmm. and it might be a spiritual legacy, a spiritual right. heritage, a spiritual mother or father, but it might actually be their children in their own home. And if you could share something with a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders and kind of leave them with one thing, what would you leave them with today? Wow. Um, the first thing I would say is thank you, because being a young adult college pastor, um, isn't an easy job. You're pouring out yourself. You're available kind of 24 seven. And so I would just say, thank you for your service and Hebrews. Oh gosh, I'm going to get it wrong. See there's six ten or 10, six, and I'm going to go with six ten. It says, God is faithful. He will not forget what you have done for others in your service to him. And so thank you pastors and young adult leaders for your service. God sees that and he will not forget you. Um, but kind of the, what I would say, a, a charge that as an old lady, I would give to someone younger than I am, um, is just, I think so often we think we have to package the gospel to make it appealing. Even going back to the Laffy Taffy's and the Hershey bars, we want to entertain people, whether it's a pizza night or whether it's talking about what we see as 
relevant issues. And I say that if you hear sort of the sarcasm in my voice, I don't mean it mean, but we think, oh, we better talk about dating or we better talk about college choices and career goals, or we better make the gospel uh, relevant to our listeners. The gospel is relevant in all of its shapes and forms. And so I would just say to pastors and small group leaders and parents, um, don't shy away from just the purity of scripture from getting to know God through his word and not through extraneous entertaining things and model that yourself because none of us can pour out and teach what we don't have. And so the number one thing, rather than thinking, how can I reach these people is how can I draw closer to the Lord? How can I know scripture better? How can I know it so well that it just oozes out of me with my every breath? Um, and, and that's really, that's that's how it's done. They say more is caught than taught. And we might work up the best sermon in the world. And yet the people under our influence in our families and in our church groups are going to be looking at our lives and, and more will be caught than taught a lot of times. That's so good. That's great to, to recognize as a younger leader, if you're listening to recognize that early on, I think is going to be huge for you in the ministry that God is placing you in charge of and everything. And Jordy, we know that we are not perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. And because we're not perfect, we all make mistakes. We all maybe say something we didn't mean. We do something we didn't really think through. We let in a way that we're embarrassed to admit because 10 years later, we're like, wow, ministry has completely changed. That approach would never work anymore. Or my response was completely out of line or whatever. It can be anything. But I just would love to hear if you're willing to share, would you be willing to share one of your parenting mistakes that you've made and maybe what God, God taught you through the process that could connect with some of our listeners today? Gosh, that's a question you hardly know where to begin, one of your parenting mistakes. Um, because honestly, we we all do. We, we make so many mistakes um, and we get to the place where we think, boy, what, like you said, why did I say that? Um, why, why did I do that? You know, I want to do over and, you know, something I'm very not proud of, but I'll share because, um, maybe one of your listeners is in this place. We were going through a season with, um, one of our teenagers that was just so hard. And I knew she loved the Lord, but she was not living for him. And I got to sort of the end of my prayer rope and I, and I was at the end of my parenting rope, the end of everything. Um, and I remember looking at her and just saying, you know, I, I feel like I, I just give up. I, I don't even know if I can pray for you anymore. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I thought, oh my gosh, that what child ever wants to hear that their parents are giving up and they can't even pray for them anymore. But they were out there and I couldn't take them back. Um, and I beat myself up for that for a little while. She probably doesn't even remember that to this day if you asked her, but I did and I do. And yet I love what my friend, Susan Alexander Yates says. She's a little farther along I am in the parenting, a lot farther along. She's got 21 grandchildren, if you can believe that on anybody. But, um, and she's also an author and a speaker. And something she told me a few years back that I've never forgotten is that our ability to ruin our kids is nothing compared to God's ability and his desire to redeem them. And so as soon as we say or do something, we think, okay, that's it. I lost my temper. I, you know, did something in my behavior. I said something. I've wrecked it. My kids are doomed. They're ruined. We're never going to get back to the place we were or whatever. 
God looks over all that and goes, oh, no, no, no. This is where my power shines because guess wow. what? I am the Redeemer. That's my name. Mm -hmm. That's what I Jesus was born to do. And so I would just say, when you're feeling like you have really blown it, whether it's a big mistake or a tiny one that only you'll notice and your kids might not even remember, just lean into God and say, oh, Lord, would you just take that mess and don't just sweep it under the rug, but use it and redeem it for your glory. Oh my gosh, what a note to lead on that is just um, so encouraging, that is filled with hope, that is filled with joy, that is filled with the promise of redemption. Mm -hmm. And Jody, you're a treasure. We're so blessed by what you invested into Micah and I today. Yes. I know we're not going to forget it. And we're just thankful. I know every listener is just excited that you joined us today. And um, if you are listening and you want to find out more about Jody, her website, her latest book, Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, the 20th anniversary edition, we'll yep. post all of this in the links thank in the you. show notes at youngadults.today. And Jody, one more time, we just want to say thank you so yes, much. Thank you so much. Aww, thank you all. And Lord bless you. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. That's one of my favorite verses. It's Psalm 115, I think verse 14. So is praying flourishing over you. Amen. We receive it. Thank you so much, Jody. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.